Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. We absolutely love giving you the show every single day, Monday through Friday, for free. But uh, it's not free to produce. And if you'd like to keep the show on the air, we ask for your support and become an EPP. When you become an EPP, you get more than 23 bonus episodes of the show to listen to. These are exclusive episodes that are only available to our EPPs with some of the best stories we've ever gotten on them. Please help keep Real Ghost Stories online on the air. And become an EPP today, an extra podcast person, on the website realghoststoriesonline.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the extras and the knowledge that you're keeping this show going. Please, and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855 853 4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online, your calls. You may recall other shows of the past were simply called open lines but since our calls are recorded uh, it's uh, it, it's open lines essentially it's all calls all throughout the show this evening yeah so some really good ghost stories that we've gotten in over the uh, past uh, couple of days we're gonna be sharing them with you tonight here in real ghost stories online and then sharing uh, our thoughts our our feelings. On the, if you will, um, and uh, our feedback uh, on uh, on some of these real ghost stories. Our phone number, if you want to call in, is 855-853-4802. You can call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to share your real ghost story with us. And, of course, you can also write in on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. So lots of ways to get your real ghost story to us. And, of course, if you've not done so already, please press that subscribe button, whatever platform it is you listen to us on. That way you won't miss any episodes of the show. And if you're a new listener out there on uh, the Dark Matter Radio Network, welcome. We thank you for uh, joining us. This is a show, uh, I guess, best described as uh, similar to the old Ghost to Ghost AM episodes of uh, all just straight up ghost stories. That's what uh, we do here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And if you want to catch uh, more of our episodes outside of the uh, Dark Matter Radio stream, you can, of course, uh, go to our uh, podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or you can also check out the shows through our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Welcome to our little community. Actually, it's not very little anymore. There's a... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> thousands upon thousands of people out there. Uh, but uh, welcome to our community of uh, folks paranormally affected. Uh, so I'm excited about uh, tonight's show and hearing these stories of open lines tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's kick it off. Let's go to Keith in Texas and hear his story. Hi, Keith. Um, yes. Hey, uh, Tony and Jenny. This is Keith from Texas. And I just want to tell you a little story. Um, I've always been a skeptic and never really believed in other Christian home and all that good stuff. But um, I was sitting here one day. It was me and my mom and my dad, my wife and kids on one trailer, unfortunately. But um, it's good to all be together. But anyways, I was sitting there and uh, in the kitchen and my dad came outside to smoke a cigarette. And I was like, okay, you know, we were arguing. So whenever he went outside to smoke a cigarette, I figured while well, he's out there, I'll go in the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom, you know, and I was like, no, I'll wait, because just this 
probably about six foot, just walked straight down the hallway and just disappeared. So I walked in there, you know, just check it out. My dad wasn't there. He was still outside. And everybody else that was in the house were sitting on the couch in the love seat. But uh, another time, the same figure, you know, I thought I was crazy. Of course, I'm a skeptic. But um, me and my wife and my dad were sitting on the porch, and uh, the front door was open. And my mom and my kids were asleep. And we had the, the only thing on was a, a little corner line. And uh, we were sitting on the porch, and you just seen it go out. Like, it wasn't a flicker of the lamp or nothing like that. <clears throat> it went out. And I just looked up, and as I looked up, I seen both. I was like, y'all seen that? And they'd both seen it, too. And, I mean, like I said, I'm a skeptic, and that was just, and I've seen, had a couple more occurrences since then. But I just wanted to call and share my story. I've been listening to y'all since, oh, man, episode one. But uh, I'm about to be an EPP. Got my PayPal set up. All right, man, y'all keep doing a good job. Keith, uh, thank you for being a loyal listener to Real Ghost Stories Online and uh, being a big supporter there on the EPP thing. Uh, thank you so much for that. Um, what do you? What's your take on this? I was wondering, did the light go out because something passed in front of it, like a shadow person, or was it just it went out? I think when he said it went out, it went out. Okay, like out. Uh huh. Like light breaking or just. Circuit tripping, like turning off, essentially. Something messed with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, seeing a six-foot-tall figure walking down the hallway, that one's pretty hard to rationalize. (laughs) It's always interesting because it's so hard to determine if it's something that is dark, if it's something that was human. And height, I would say, doesn't really have a whole lot to do with it. In most cases, honestly. Right. Um, the only time that it gets questionable is when it's really tiny, I think. Yeah. I, n- go no, ahead. No, I just meant, you know, any you can't miss a six-foot-tall no. person walking down the hall, let alone a no. six-foot-tall whatever it was. You can't, but I'm, I would also feel that it's a, somewhat of an ominous presence when you have something that tall. If you're not also that tall, which most of us are not. Um, if you feel or you see that presence of a six foot tall figure that's not human coming at you, you would almost immediately instinctually, I think, feel that something dark is coming at you, although it may not be dark at all. It may just be the ghost of something that was, in fact, living It's just a tall living person. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or it could be easily confused just because of the scare factor. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like when you're a little kid and you're at the uh, home alone uh, for the example, the scary man with the shovel and the salt, and you're a little kid, you see the man that looks a little scary, you're going to think, oh, there's something really bad and wrong about him, but he's just a nice old man shoveling salt. Right. Um, ghosts, I think, sometimes get the same sort of rap. Sure. You know, without really knowing what it is. So it's really hard to say if it's dark, if it's not. Obviously, there's something there if it's sitting in your love seat. <laughs> yes. You know, and hanging out. Um, but uh, beyond that... It's a little too much togetherness. Yeah, I I completely agree. Thank you for calling in that story. We really do appreciate it. Phone number, of course, 855-853-4802. That is indeed a toll-free number. You can call it 24 hours a day, seven days a week to share your real ghost story with us. You can leave your name or you can be completely anonymous. 
what the uh, interesting thing that we hear so often on the show from folks who are able to share their story with us is that it is like getting a, a weight lifted off their chest. It's just kind of an, especially if it's something that's been kind of repressed or just not even maybe repressed is a wrong word, but just kind of held in. And, you know, people are going to judge you. A lot of people do do that, yeah. uh, and depending on who, you know, you're surrounding yourself with. But uh, this show, it's pretty much just, you know, no judgment. It's share your story and let's talk about it. And we take them at your word, really. We're well, not, sure. We're not here to, to call, you know, BS on it, you know, unless you're, you know, 10 and you are obviously making it up. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which sometimes does happen. But, uh, you know, 99.9% of the calls we get and the stories we get, just take them at your word. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, share our thoughts and uh, just kind of be an open community for the paranormal. So please do call in if you have a real ghost story. We'd love to hear it and help you get it off your chest. Uh, Lorena, uh, let's go to that one. Hi. Let's hear your story. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. This is Lorena from um, Austin, Texas. And I just wanted to call, it's my first time calling um, about a short story that happened to me when I was around 12, I'm gonna say. Um, And this story um, made me, I'm gonna say, I'm I'm not sure how to say it, but it made me realize um, that there is paranormal really. Um, There is something going on that people don't see, so. Here it goes. Um, I was laying down. My brother was eating cereal um, in the sofa. I was laying down at the other sofa. And I saw him getting up, and I saw him going to the kitchen. The kitchen is right behind where I was laying, or right behind the sofa where I was laying up. And I, he, I didn't see him, like, walking out of the kitchen. I did see him going in, and I did see him, like, well, not see him, but I did hear him, like, put the plate on the sink and all that stuff. So I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was, like, guess I was on the phone. I was on the phone. And then I heard the spoon hitting the bowl constantly. And I didn't say anything at first. I I thought he was washing. Even though I didn't hear the water running, I just thought he was doing something with the plate. Um, then I kept hearing it again, and then it would stop. And then I kept hearing, like, it would, like, hit the bowl, like, three or four times, and then it would stop. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I'm, I'm driving, so <laughs> I'm trying to cross the street over here. Um, so I kept hearing it, and I got really annoyed, so I got up, and I was like, can you stop it? Um, I saw nobody was there. So I called out my brother, and he came out, and he was like, what? I was like, weren't you in the kitchen right now? Like, right now? He said, no, I was with my mom. And I was like, whoa, what the heck just happened? So he couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain it. I don't know how. Nobody was there. It was just me and my brother. Um, my mom was in her room. Like, he was with her. And nobody came out. It was just me. That's it. So it was really, really creepy, and then I knew something is really weird in that house. And I have more stories in that house, actually. Um, but I will call back um, once I can. Um, I'm not a CPP, but I do want to be. 
hopefully by my next paycheck. Um, and I have subscribed to your YouTube. I like all the videos and I listen to them, all of them, every day. So, thank you for your time. Hope I share this in the podcast. Um, thank you. Bye. Well, thank you for your call. And I I can imagine the the feeling of just flat out being annoyed, hearing that noise. Stop. And you go in there and there's nobody there. You know, that's that's worst case scenario right there for getting annoyed with your brother and they're not even there. Having an explanation as to what's going on is what you're, you know, you, you seek out when something like that happens. Yeah. When, when you're just constantly, even when it's something non-paranormal, it'll drive you nuts. Yeah. You know, we, we have a clicking in our kitchen. We do. Every yes. now and then. And I've talked to several people now about this that are like experts in home repair and, and electricians, to at least two electricians. Yeah, nobody has any idea what on earth it is. And at first I was thinking oh, my concern was electrical, like GFI or something. And they're like, no, it wouldn't make that noise. And there's no GFI being flipped either. Um, but it's just this weird, it almost, it sounds like a, a, a tick, if you was tick. And it's fairly random when it happens. It, when it happens, it seems to happen in some sort of consistency, but it's not like only three times. It usually is, you know, 30 plus times, but spaced out over the course of, you know, every 30 seconds or something. It's like a faucet drip. Yeah. A, a tick in the wall. In the wall. And uh, drives me up a wall. Yeah. But to have it being a little more paranormal, I, I, that would be even... I get paranoid about that. I can't imagine being in her shoes with, with that situation. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not something that's just in the wall making noise, that clinking of dishes. There's something there <laughs> clinking the dishes. And at least she can identify what the sound is. That's the nice part about it. But the horrible part about it is there's no one there to be clinking the dishes. Yeah. That's, that's even worse. At least I can kind of write it off as maybe there's a mouse in the wall. You can't really write off there's a mouse clinking your dishes. No, not unless That's it's Cinderella and they're trying to help you out. A mighty Mouse, <laughs> you know, one of the other many animated cartoon mice coming to life and clinking your dishes together. There you go. <laughs> so thank you for the call. 855-853-4802. Did you ever watch Mighty Mouse? No, I never did. That seemed to be, I mean, we were children that, that grew up in the... You know, watching cartoons throughout the 80s and, and early 90s, kind of. Um, I, I, in my world, I think there was a Sunday morning cartoon, which are always kind of the half-assed cartoons. <laughs> they weren't like the premiums. They uh-huh. were like the leftovers from our parents' generation, if you were. It's like, well, some kids maybe still like this one. We're going to put all the good ones on Saturday mornings. Sure. But whatever's kind of leftover goes to Sunday mornings. And I remember Mighty Mouse was a Sunday morning ca- cartoon. I'm trying to think. There were some other bizarre Sunday morning ones that... Uh, we're on like before all the religious programs hit. There was one like where it was uh, ecological something. It, it was like a very Earth Captain Earth Captain. Is it ringing a bell to you at all? No, it's not. It was like they were kind of superheroes, but they were all environmentally 
savvy, huh. <laughs> if you will. It's like it was something about Earth or planet, Captain Planet. I don't know, something like Captain Planet sounds familiar. It might have been Captain Planet. And uh, I hated the show. I thought it was really a waste of my time. I was really more interested in watching the real Ghostbusters or uh, Garfield and Friends. Oh, my my parents yesterday have decided to... Captain t- Planet, I'm sorry, yes. They've decided that I'm not the caliber parent they thought I was because my children, neither one of them, knew what the Flintstones was. But, but the thing is, how do we expose them? It's not even on anything. I know, but... That's one of those things where that was just a staple of our childhood and their childhood. No, they, you know, that's like the other day when our eight-year-old asked what a phone cord was because we referenced (laughs) a phone cord. What's a phone? You're right. You're right. Captain Planet was it. Okay. Um, I just looked it up and I Googled and it was a series that was on uh, from 1990 to 19, I'm sorry, 1993 to 1996. You were watching cartoons later than I was. Uh, I think I watched just the 93 version of it. <laughs> I actually started working in radio in 96. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see you. You're sitting on the floor eating Fruit Loops watching Captain and I hated Planet. this show. I really, I got nothing out of it. It was like, this is really just not that exciting. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind showing, I would love to show them Flintstones and the Jetsons and all that, but I, it's probably on like Boomerang or something. I don't know. I try to not park them in front of the TV for long periods of time to watch shows. That's what their iPhones are for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is what they sit there and they're... Or iPads. They don't have phones, but, you know, they watch their... Uh, but it's educational. I got the PBS app on there for you. I can recite now everything to do with Daniel Tiger. <laughs> let's go to... Uh, we well, said Morgan, right? No. Or no, Morgan. Okay, let's... Morgan in Tennessee is next. Hi, Morgan. Hey, this is Morgan. I am from Tennessee. Um, I actually had a few a few different experiences, um, but the first one I want to share with you is uh, probably one of the first ones I ever had. Um, at, I am a twin, and my sister was over at her friend's house one day, and we were probably in the, um, I say sixth grade, so we were fairly young, and her and her friend had decided to play with a Ouija board. Well, everything was fine after that. Nothing had happened, and then she came home that night. As I said, nothing. Everything was good. Well, about a week or two later, uh, my mom had left our house. We heard her leave the house. The garage shut. She told us she was leaving. She said she'd be right back. She was going to my grandma's house to get our uh, birth certificates. We was leaving for Japan that summer, and we heard her leave. Heard the garage door shut. And then, all of a sudden, we heard her yelling at us from the basement and, like, this deep, deep, angry voice. And she was just screaming for my sister to come downstairs. And my sister was in the shower. And she kept screaming back, you know, hold on, wait, I'm in the shower. So it stopped for a minute. Then, all of a sudden, from nowhere, it started screaming my name. And it kept screaming, and we thought it was my mom. It sounded just like my mom, but just very, very angry and dark. And I I screamed back, hold on, because I was making dinner. Well, I finally went back down to the basement to look to see what she needed. And the lights were off, the doors were shut, everything was off. So I was like, well, I thought I would have heard her came back in, so I called my mom on her cell phone, and I said, hey, what did you need? I heard you call from the basement. And she says, uh, 
I've been at your grandma's house for the past hour. And I said, no, you, you had to come back because we just heard you screaming for us. And she says, honey, I swear, we have, I have been at your grandma's house this entire time. Me and my sister were so scared the rest of the night that we slept with my mom in the bed with her. We were straight up terrified. Uh, I, it's safe to say that we've never played with a Ouija board again. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. There's nothing worse than being in the shower and having something happen outside of the shower that you're not sure what it is. Yeah. Whether it be somebody calling your name or you're just hearing a noise or whatever. I, I The shower is like one of the only times of the day where you're kind of completely disconnected. Although with like our uh, like shower radios and everything now, they try to sneak that in there. I had a shower radio. It's one I gave to Livy. Uh-huh. Um, that actually, um, it syncs with my phone Bluetooth-wise. So I can listen to podcasts while I, I uh, take a shower, which I like. It's like listening to the radio. It's, it's like a shower radio. But it had a feature where you could also take calls. Oh, wow. While you were, uh, it's like, I don't want that. No. That's the one place I can really be completely away and acceptably to myself say, no calls right now. I, I'm sorry. Showers and toilet time are not times for taking phone calls. No. I, I mean, it's funny. I talk to clients now throughout the day who are like, I'm on a treadmill right now. I'm not doing that. I don't take calls when I'm <laughs> when I'm working out. But I can tell you a lot of people do. Uh-huh. Just because you have your headset on and you can usually, usually have a speaker on there and you can take a call while you're walking. I am avoiding that, but a lot of people do do that. Um, but the shower off limits to me as yeah. far as interacting. I can consume information, but I don't want to... It's just it's thinking time. It's listening to something time. That's it. Um, but I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. When I hear something, and I think... Uh, if you're in the bathroom and I know it's you, uh-huh. totally fine. I hate it when I think I hear something. And like, did they just leave? Did they walk out? And then I get out. Because uh, I, I can't just, like, sit there and, and enjoy the next five minutes and then go in and find out. It's like, well, looks like shower's done now, whether I'm ready or not. Because I have to, my anxiety will make me have to get out and go figure out is something, do I, am I needed? Like, what's going on? See, you are lucky because being that we have two daughters, they're not going to interrupt you during shower time. No, 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 they're not. I have no privacy at all. I haven't had an alone time potty break since gosh probably the last seven years <laughs> since they've been born yeah <laughs> let alone shower you know they're like i just want to keep you company and they sit right outside the shower and talk to you so i don't even want to hear it more times than not though it's like the dog for me where it's like the door gets cracked open or something or and i'm thinking like some i'm needed or you said something and i didn't respond because i didn't hear you quite enough and i when i go to look to respond you're gone but you really was never you (laughs) but but just to be sure i always have to get out and it's like you're off doing something else and it really was never you okay so if you do need something make sure you get my attention first okay Otherwise, I'm going to be very paranoid and get out of the shower. I'm just going to make a random clicking noise outside the now shower. Now you're going to ruin all of my shower time <laughs> for, for the future. And I'm glad I got to share my shower anxiety with everyone out there. So uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoy the show. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to April. Hi. Hi, my name's April. I called in 
before you guys played my story online about the haunted high school I went to, um, one of the things that I really actually like um, is being an empathic medium. I've always been able to help people out, such as I've helped quite a few people who have had spirits in their house. They didn't know what it was exactly. All they knew is that they were having some kind of paranormal activity going on. I would go over to the house. I would be able to communicate with the spirit that was there in the house. And I would be able to, like, tell the people that I was helping out. Like, uh, one time I had went to a lady's house and she had, uh, like, just... It wasn't like evil, it was just like odd things, such as she'd leave the kitchen, go into the bathroom or whatever, come back, and all the cabinet doors in the kitchen would be standing wide open. And she said she was scared and she wondered if there was something evil in her house. So a friend of mine, took me to her aunt's house. Her aunt was the one who had the problem. And so I did a, uh, I did a, uh, what I usually refer to as a clean sweep through the house, communicated with the spirit and told her that it was the spirit of a little girl, that the bedroom that my friend's aunt left in was actually the bedroom that belonged to this little girl when she was living. She died in the house from some kind of life-threatening illness like cancer or whatever. Um, I've always had the ability to communicate with spirits, so I've always had things happen with the other side a lot. As a young child, my parents' house was haunted. Uh, I've also heard on a lot of your programs discussing Ouija boards and how dangerous they are. Let me tell you firsthand experience, those things are very, very bad. Most of the time people think, oh yeah, I'm getting in contact with my grandmother Rose or whatever. And they don't get Grandma Rose. They get some kind of a demonic spirit that pretends to be Grandma Rose and you know, it describes things that only the person in the room would know, so they think that it's their grandmother when it isn't. My mother had a Ouija board. I can remember being scared shitless of that thing from the time I was very, very young. I did not like it. She kept the Ouija board a secret from my dad, and she also kept it a secret from all my relatives, which were her sisters. Nobody in the house knew that she had a Ouija board except for me and my sister. But we were always told to keep quiet about it and never tell on her, so we didn't. However, we were always having bad things going on, things like the uh, kitchen cabinet doors opening by themselves, or we would have things happen like the silverware drawer would just slide open. Um, we had a lot of paranormal stuff happen in the house, but my mother always used to try to explain it scientifically as, well, maybe the cabinet doors are kind of loose and that's why they opened, or maybe there was a big gust of wind outside and that's why the 
back door of the house opened up. Well, the thing is, my dad and I were sitting at the kitchen table when I was real little. We actually watched the doorknob actually turn on the back door of the house. We watched the lock itself unlock itself and then watched the door open. And I think I remember, I think my dad said, well, I guess I'm just going to have to pray and bless this house again. So that's what he did later that night. He went through the house, prayed, bust the house, and whatever the spirits were, they left. But they always came back because my mother, believing it was her own subconscious she was talking to, she never closed the session on the Ouija board. So the spirits were always free to go in and out of the house constantly. I eventually left home because of the spirits in our house. Um, my dad died when I was 10, and after my dad had died, my mother started using the Ouija board constantly, all the time. So, without having the religious person in the house to chase the demonic spirits out, they just constantly stayed in the house. But, the main purpose of telling them, telling you the story was this. Any people who are listening, if you do play this, uh, if you play my story on your show, just be aware of Ouija boards. Don't get them for your kids just because they look fun. It might be fun to sit there and pretend to talk to your best grandmother, but it ain't fun once you start having some kind of demonic spirit attacking her. But that's all I want to say. Hope you play. I hope you play. This record. Yeah, I hope you play my story. Um, like I said, if one thing with the occult, know what you're doing. Don't just go ahead and think, oh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and call up so-and-so on the Ouija board because you might not even get the right person you're looking for. Most of the time, when you're playing with the Ouija board, as soon as as soon as you put that planchette on the board itself, it opens a vortex. And when you open up this vortex, you never know what's on the other side of the door. You know, sort of like if someone's banging on your front door, you look out the window to see who it is first before you open it, because it might be some crazy ass son of a bitch with a knife or a gun or something outside on your porch. Well, the same thing goes with Ouija boards. You, you always, if you, if you don't know what the hell you're doing when you're contacting the spirit world, then don't do it. Because all it's going to do is bring in something evil. I've maybe met two people out of like 20 who have told me they had good or not even one word of contact with the spirit world, then I've met other people, like 20 or 30 people, who have all had nothing but bad experiences with Ouija boards. So I hope you play my story soon. I love you guys' show. I'm going to be coming to EPP next month. I'm looking forward to listening to your show more. Tony and Jenny, you guys are great. May God bless you and your children. And your little dog. Goodbye. It's all fun and games till a crazy ass son of a bitch ghost comes after you. With a knife. With a knife. <laughs> Thank you, April, for your call. You know, I 
I don't have anything to add to that because everybody knows my stance on Ouija boards. That's the Ouija awareness moment of the day. We had a comment the other day. Somebody was saying, we need another Ouija awareness month. It's coming up. Isn't that October? I believe it is October, if I'm correct. Yeah. Was, was it October we did Ouija awareness? I'm pretty sure it was October. Okay. We'll bring it back again. And we'll we'll do more. Like We'll do the little PSAs of like, <laughs> like the More You Know campaign from NBC. <laughs> it's like, hi, I'm Tony Bruschi from Real Ghost Stories Online. Did you know that if you get possessed, you could really spew green pea soup all over your room? Or whatever it was you ate last possibly that chalupa from Taco Bell? Do you really want to get it on your carpet? Think before you use the Ouija board. Do, 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 do. That's how it's going to go. Just things like that. So it kind of ties into scaring someone to actually, scaring them into not using the Ouija board by showing what it could do to their home. You just need a skillet and a couple of eggs. Or carpet. This is your home. This is your home with Ouija. (laughs) All these completely... We're going to follow the template of ineffective ad campaigns Uh (laughs) over the past 20 years, and we're going to make them into Ouija campaigns. (laughs) Just because that's what we do here. A little satirical humor. Just a little bit. Be a great time. 855-853-4802 is our number. Rosa in Texas. Hi. Hi, this is Rosa from Texas. Um... I wanted to share a quick story uh, about an experience we had. Um, we were living in a rental house, uh, me, my husband, and the children. And um, my little girl, Juliet, she was probably about probably about five. Um, well, one day I went to go see where Juliet was, and she was in um, one of the bedrooms. She was sitting on the bed, and I could hear her talking and laughing, and so I kind of opened the door, and I glanced in, and I was like, hey, you know, hey, monkey, what are you doing, you know? And she was like, oh, I'm just talking to Gus, and I kind of just was like, oh, okay, you know, and I kind of walked out of the room, and, you know, I know that kids have imaginary friends and stuff like that, um, but Gus is not a common name. Gus is like an older name to me, and for her to know that name just seemed like out of the ordinary. And so I had told my husband about it, you know, and, you know, a couple days later, we were just sitting in the living room watching TV and stuff, and uh, my husband was like, hey, Juliet, he was like, you know, have you seen Gus lately? And she was like, yeah, and she pointed behind him. She was like, he's over there. She said this in, like, all seriousness, no laughing or giggling where you could tell she was trying to play a trick or anything. And we all kind of looked where she was pointing, and, of course, there was nothing there. Um, We didn't stay there very long. We didn't leave because of that, because it didn't seem like an evil presence or anything. But also, our dog, um, we had a red-nosed pit. Her name is Mia, and... We would catch Mia just kind of looking, sitting down and just looking in different areas, you know, just like it looked like she was looking at absolutely nothing, you know, but she would just kind of just sit there and look. She never barked, she never growled or anything, but she would always, we would catch her just looking in certain areas for like a extended period of time. But that's it. Um, I enjoy your show as always. Um, it gets me through my days and I love hearing you guys laugh I you know just really makes my day 
Thanks, Rosa, for calling in and sharing your story with us. I'm guessing in about 15 years, when you asked Juliet about her imaginary friend, if she could really see him or not, or if that was just something she, you know, thought of, then you'll know. Or if she happens to marry someone who does a ghost-themed podcast, and they start talking about it one day, she may come to the realization that not everyone sees their imaginary friend. Yeah. Might figure that one out. Live during the show. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, I mean, obviously she's too little because right now she can still see it. Mm -hmm. But when she's older, I would ask her if she, you know, what what Gus looked like. Yeah. And I would do it like at like a younger age too, like where it's still still somewhat fresh, you know, where she can and, and I wouldn't do it like from a perspective, don't like paint the pretense of I think your imaginary friend was a ghost. Just go remember when you were, you had that friend Gus that you talked to? At the age of I don't know, eleven, twelve what do when you think? to have the the talk? The talk about imaginary real <laughs> the ghost two friends. Talks. Yeah, the two the talk, one yeah. talk about we know what. The other one, wait till she's thirty. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but this one, I would say, you know, you know, try and hit it while it's still you know somewhat fresh in her mind, um, but don't in any way pretense it as paranormal or ghost wise. Remember we had your friend Gus, your imaginary friend. Yeah, mom. Like, do you remember, like, what, he, what did he look like to you? I'm just curious. And it's really friendly, really fun, and see what you can pull out of her that way. Because, you, you know, you don't want to go into it's a ghost, because then your kids could get kind of like, oh, well, you know, then it gets imaginative. But just nonchalant. And you have to make sure you hit it before they hit that point where they no longer want to talk to you because you are their parent. At all, yes, yes. Because then you're going to, you have to then like revisit that window at like 25. Right, when they realize you weren't stupid. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So, good luck. But I, it's interesting. Very interesting story. Thanks for uh, for sharing that with us. 855-853-4802 is our number. Uh, let's go to Austin. Hi. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Oscar. I called not that long ago, but I kind of butchered that call. I didn't, I, I got off track a lot, so I hope you guys use this one. But uh, anyways, I'm from, I'm originally from Carson City, Nevada, but I moved up to Reno not that long ago. Uh, I've never really had any paranormal experiences myself, so the story that I'm going to tell you is my friend. So uh, anyway, so um, this happened uh, two or three months ago. He was telling me that uh, one night he was uh, he was hanging out with his girlfriend, and he took it home an hour an hour later than she was supposed to be home. And uh, you know, her mom got upset, and she started telling him stuff like you know whatever. And he was just like, eh, whatever, she's just pissed, she'll get over it. He didn't really think much of it. So, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, the next day, his, his mom's friend brought over, uh, or his mom brought over her friend to the house, and he's never met her before. So he was like, he was greeting her or something like that, and she uh, and she just stared at him, I guess. That's what he was telling me, that, he, that she just stared at him. And she, uh, she said, I feel like there's something, uh, something that happened to you, like something negative was put on you or something like that. And she, and he, she said to him that, uh, beware of, uh, or be careful of a lady named, whose, whose first name starts with a, with a J. And he was just like, you know, whatever. 
uh, you know, this lady's just weird, whatever. We didn't really think much of it. So uh, a day or two passes by. I don't remember if it was one day or two, but uh, he was sleeping and he woke up like around one or two in the morning. And he, uh, <clears throat> I guess he uh, he woke up and he couldn't move. And he was, he, he just couldn't move and he thought it was weird because that's never happened to him before. And he said he started hearing like, like whispering, just like, like there was a whole bunch of people in his room and his door, he said his doorknob started like rattling, like if it, if it was locked and somebody was trying to get in, you know, and it was just rattling, you know. And he said his dog, his dog was sleeping next to his bed. And uh, he said his dog just started going crazy, just like, you know, started barking or whatever. And his brother actually came into the room and he was like, what the hell, are you, what are you doing? Uh, why are you making so much noise and, and, and stuff, you know? And he was just like, he just, you know, uh, he's like, oh, and, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just nothing, you know, whatever. He didn't really want to, I don't know if he didn't want to believe or he was just like, you know, that was weird. But anyways, he didn't think much of that either because he's kind of, you know, he was just like, more of a logical person and he just wants to like, oh, I was probably just tired or I was just dreaming or something. So, you know, he, he went on through the week and that weekend, I guess, or something like that. I can't remember what he told me, but he said that uh, he was sleeping again. Like one or two in the morning again. And and this time he, he woke up paralyzed, but this time he woke up face to face with, uh, or he wasn't face to face with it, but he saw like a, a black, like spider-like thing crawling around on his ceiling and he couldn't move and, he, and it was really cold, he said. He couldn't move and he was just like, you know, just like, what the fuck is that? And he said that it just like darted out of, like to, towards his door, like he was deep. But it didn't, it didn't open the door or anything. It just like went through the door super fast, just like in an instant. And his dog started freaking out again, just started barking and barking. And it, you know, the same thing, his brother came in the room, like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing up so late? And he's just like, you know, he's like, oh, no, just whatever, I'm tired again. <laughs> I don't know, he, he just tried to like, you know, brush it off. But uh, I don't know, uh, his brother thinks that his girlfriend's mom put some witchcraft or something on him, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that, but uh, I believe his story because he's he's a skeptic. But I think he might be sensitive, like more sensitive than a lot of people are. Because I remember since since we were in kindergarten, he's been telling me that he's been seeing like people in his house like that he's never seen before, and they just vanished. And he's been seeing like I don't know, just different like ghosts and stuff. And he doesn't want to believe it because he's just like whatever. But uh, anyways, I have more stories that my grandma's told me from when she was in Mexico. But uh, if you guys want to hear that, yeah, I'll probably call in. And I also think that it would be cool if, it, if there was just like an all demon episode. Uh, but yeah, anyways, the show's awesome. Take care. Thanks for uh, calling in and sharing your story. I've been told before that uh, I, I sometimes lean to the the demon thing a little bit too much. I've tried to be better at that. I've tried to kind of pull back on... I think you've been better. Always thinking it's dark. Mm-hmm. Though we have some uh, some commenters out there who are like, everything's dark, it's all dark. No, no, I... Yeah, I don't think so. It's 
not all dark. No, I think there's a lot. I think it's it's confusing. I mean, it's one of those things I think I've just learned just by doing the show that not everything is as dark as it may seem. If you just kind of look at the context of all the story, of the, the individual stories you look at. Well, in this, at first I was thinking the same thing, that the mom or the mom's friend tried to conjure something up to cause problems for this kid. Sure. But then when he said that his friend had been seeing things since he was young, now I'm not so sure. I find it ironic that it's right after this incident with the girlfriend's mom that things started to kind of be darker than normal. Yeah. But when you start seeing things as a small child, you you're right, you are sensitive, but it's just like I don't know. I, I, do you have a feeling either way on that? When you're a small child, are you and you start seeing things, are you being followed or are you just sensitive? That's my question because it could be kind of confusing. You know what I mean where it, if you're sensitive or or you're one of the few who can actually I, I hate to use a cliche, but I see dead people. Uh, people who see that, that are that are that sensitive, not just feel them, but literally see them. Uh-huh. Um, I would think that would be almost a little bit confusing as to, I mean, unless you're really able to identify the individuals that you're seeing as a, on a repetitive basis, as far as if it's something that's following you or if it is something that you're just seeing. Well, let me ask you this. I kind of almost feel like you have to hit a certain age before you figure out if you're sensitive or not. Because I mm-hmm. kind of feel like most children are able to see things that adults aren't. Because you don't know it's the norm. Right. And it all eventually it kind of shuts off at a certain age, whether that be one, two, three, four. But those who continue to have experiences, whether or not they see things mm-hmm. or they just feel different energies that are pick up on things, yeah. I kind of feel like those are the ones that are, are truly sensitive, where maybe all children are in that range yeah. while they're little. They're almost like pets <laughs> as far as like visibility of seeing things. Like, because... Dogs and cats, and we've heard this so many times in our stories tonight, is the dog noticed something. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying intelligence wise. I'm just saying they it's like they still kind of ha- there's like that ability uh-huh. that is there where they're seeing something on a different plane up until a certain age. And some go well beyond it. But a majority seem it's like, you know, one, two, three, you're dog or cat may go stare at something in the corner of the room and point and laugh or you know kind of look at it or you know point how dogs point Uh you know and so may your two-year-old sure at the same thing and there's nothing there they're seeing something we're not yeah yeah that's that's the interesting thing so Hmm. 855-853-4802 that's our number here at Real Ghost Stories Online Brooke, hi Hi, my name is Brooke Um, I absolutely love your guys' show I listen to it every single day Um, and I'm calling to tell you one of many stories that I have I um, will tell you more as time goes on but this story involves my sister Um, she is five years younger than me she passed away in 2008 from being almost a it's very tragic, not expected or anything. But um, the last thing that I ever said to my sister alive, um, obviously I didn't want to say anything, was that I hated her and I wish she would just stay out of my life forever. 
and she actually ended up passing away that next day. Um, needless to say, I took it extremely hard and was making bad choices. I felt so guilty. I went through a really deep depression. And a few months later, I found out I was pregnant with a beautiful little boy who is now five years old and he saved my life. Well, we, about four months ago, we were driving in the car and my son said, Mom, Chelsea loves you and she, she knows you and what, what you said to her and she, she wants you to know she's okay. My son would not have ever known that I said that to her or even really know her. He, he knows of her but not her. And it was just really incredible because I know that she, she's seen her. Um, I'm trying to make it quick because I try to record this. Um, there's more things that have happened. I will call back and I will uh, tell you more stories. I have quite a few. What do you guys think? And as our show flows, it's usually we're talking about something and then the next call or the next story somewhat relates to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's not the intent ever. I'm like literally just clicking on these calls as we go. I have no idea what's in any of them. But, you don't. Uh, I do. You do, but I don't as I'm playing them. Right. That, what we just talked about with children, this kind of ties in as it to does. the sensitivity. It does. Um, the, uh, it, I, it, it's interesting. I mean, kids, it's amazing what they will say, um, you know, especially in contexts like that where they, would, they wouldn't have the knowledge to... They weren't even alive at that point. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to say that. But somehow there's that, that there's a sensitivity there mm-hmm. that they're still in, in tune with. I think from being so new into the world that, yeah. I don't know, it, it really makes you wonder about what, how the cycle of everything works. Yeah. You know, was, you know, and again, with this show, we've heard so many stories and the more recent uh, interesting um adaptation of of paranormal uh, i would say would be the idea of the ghost that is yet to come of an individual that's yet to come yeah yeah we've had a couple of stories about that and it almost makes me wonder if you know some of that plays into these things and it's odd yeah, it can get real confusing really quick. <laughs> Even more so than this is already confusing. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> welcome to our show, everyone. <laughs> it's all about the undead. Uh, 855-853-4802. But it really, I mean, it gets into kind of like the spiritual world and this and that without really getting any, any sort of religious path by any means. Just the, just how, where does our energy go? How does it flow? And, and where does it go from point A to point B and, and all that? Right. So let's go over to Kathy. Uh, hi. Hi, guys. It's Kathy again. Um, just calling to tell you a positive Ouija board story. I'm not trying to change your mind, but I know you like to hear both sides. So a friend of mine, a neighbor, uh, was doing renovations on her house and started having things like the stereo going off at 5 in the morning, top volume, TVs turning on and off by themselves, footsteps at night, doors opening and closing, um, just, you know, crazy stuff. So um, our other friend and I brought the Ouija board over and we started asking questions, you know, who's here, um, you know, you're scaring the children, that kind of thing. And through 
you know, through questions, we found out that the, there was someone there named Peg. And we started say, you know, asking her, are you upset because of the renovations? And she said, yes. And we said, do you not like the color of the house? Because they repainted the house. And she said, no. And we said, what, kind, what color do you think it should be? And she said, gray. And she spelled it the old-fashioned way, D-R-E-Y, like a British way. And then we started asking her who she was, and we found out that she had been a maid in that house when it was first built. And she was, there was a minister who lived there, and she was the minister's maid. And um, as it turned out, she got pregnant from him, and he forced her to have an abortion. And so we started saying, well, you know, are you, are you here because of the children? And she said, yes. And we said, are you here to, you know, watch over them or, you know, participate to have children? And she said, yes. And we said, you know, you're scaring the children. It's not a happy experience for them. And she said, sorry. And we said, look, you know, you have to stop. You can stay and you can be part of the family, but you have to stop turning the stereo on and, and, and manipulating, you know, the electronics in the house because it's really upsetting to everybody. And um, she said, okay. <laughs> and um, after that night, nothing else ever happened again. So um, we tried to validate, you know, who lived in that house. But unfortunately, our town's, town hall uh, had been flooded in um, one of the hurricanes. And they lost a lot of the records. So we couldn't really verify if this was true. But um, nothing else happened after that. And so we have no reason to believe um, it wasn't real. And Peg got to tell her story, and we still say hi to Peg um, from time to time. And um, we felt really badly for her. We were actually all crying by the end of the, the um, session. So that's my story. I hope you use it. And Jenny and Tony, the show gets better and better all the time. You guys are awesome. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for calling in and sharing that story. I think despite your feelings about Ouija boards either way, that's a good story. It is. I mean, and the thing is with Ouija boards, the bad part about it is, I mean, if you could always get spirits like that to communicate with you, you'd be an amazing device. Yeah. Until some sort of filter is developed for it. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Which I don't think will ever happen. Um, Where it can only essentially communicate with real people who are ghosts um, and and weed out all of the negativity um, you know in a clear-cut way it, it, it's just it's a, it's so it's dangerous in, in my opinion because you don't know what you're going to get yeah and we've heard far too many stories of people intending to talk to someone like peg that end up talking with something that is nothing like peg or pretty peg and turning out to be something completely different I just really like that story. And we all know what, you know, how adamant I am against Ouija boards. But despite that, I just really like that story. Well, the scary thing is anyone who's named Peg. I mean, you really have to look out for people like that. They are very. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have one person listening to this show right now, and maybe, you maybe gonna... more, who are, are this cringing, going, What? What? It's my mom. 
because my, mo- my mom's name is Peggy. In so, so much trouble. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just had to go down that road for a second because she listens to the show, and uh, I said, "Love you, mom." <laughs> You know, and that's a name that you don't really hear much of anymore. You know, an interesting one I heard the other day, too. Actually, last night, I was, on, uh, I was watching uh, uh, on our DVR real time with uh-huh. Bill Maher, um, uh, a name that has, has gone away. And Peg is a name that's gone away. Not a very popular name. Sure. By any means, at this point in time, may make a revival at some point. Um I'd love to see the stats and how many people are actually named Peg in the last year or Peggy in the last year. Probably very, very low worldwide. But here's one that was actually somewhat prominent, I'd say up until at least the mid-80s, the name Gary. Yeah. Uh, I on, on real, Were you awake when we were watching this segment? No. Last year, less than it was like less than 700 people worldwide. Really? With that name. Huh. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you mean new babies? New babies. Okay. And I was just kind of shocked by that because it's like, that's like, I had like three or four in my class. <laughs> oh, really? When I was a kid, it was so popular, but it seems like it was just kind of gone away. But I, I'm like, I remember my mom's friends. There was like every once in a while you hear about another Peggy or something, but it's one of those names that just kind of changes. Yeah. Nothing to do with paranormal, but I just thought. We're talking about names that were popular at one time and they kind of change and progress. Oh, throughout sure. The no, I. All the women in my family have very generational identified names. Yeah. You know, like my mom's name, Debbie. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Deborah, it was Debbie. You know. Like legally? And, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, my grandmother's name was very much around the time that she was born. I'm a girl of the 80s, so of course, like one in every three of us was a Jenny or a Jennifer. And uh, so I went old school with our girls' names just because I wanted something that they really couldn't be identified what decade they were born in by their name. Are there many Jennies anymore that are coming up? Are there any Jennies in in our eight-year-old's class? No. New. Is it like not used much at all? No, right but there's like five Olivia's because I obviously had the yeah. same thought as most other parents. And even Harper. I have yeah. heard of a number of Harpers too. You know, in about 20 years, there's going to be another influx of Jennies. Maybe. There will know. be because all these girls are going to grow up going and naming their their uh, their children after their moms. Now, the first... Name. And there's the, so many Jennies. The first rise of Jennies was like in the late 30s early 40s and really? it was short for virginia really yeah it, women named virginia jenny would be their nickname you never hear virginia anymore Mm-mm. no so you know the jenny's of this age is short for jennifer and so the next one will just be jen yeah it will be legally not, just jen yeah, just jen not not jennifer not jenny no. just jen and the question will be one ends or two and then eventually it'll get even more in like 20 uh or, or 2150 it'll just be j just j <laughs> j just a letter j that's what we'll eventually go to <laughs> It just slowly erode down to nothing. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have one initial and that's it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, one more call before we wrap up the show for, for uh, tonight. Christina, hi. Hey, guys. It's Christina. I just want to tell you guys a quick story. Um, 
I was over at my friend Brooke's house. I would stay the night over there, every single night growing up. I uh, woke up in the middle of the night one night to something choking me. Um, couldn't breathe or anything. I, I tried feeling around to see if I could maybe make a noise to wake her mom or sister or, or Brooke up. I finally found a candle. I threw it at the wall. No one woke up. Finally, this thing, I mean, what seemed to be a demonic creature, I could not see anything. Um, it, let, it released itself. And I was screaming, and everyone came in there. Uh, well, apparently, my mom told me um, I live right across the street from Brooke. My mom told me back in the '70s, the uh, the mother-in-law lived in the house, and the daughter-in-law moved in with her with her four-year-old daughter and her little baby girl, and she was pregnant. We moved in, and everything. Whatever years passed. Um, the mother-in-law ended up killing herself after she killed everyone else. She, you know, shot both little girls in the head. And so, um, you know, after she told me that and I told my mom what happened, it really freaked me out. You know, the days after that, um, you would just hear footsteps, you would hear moaning, you would hear screaming, you would hear crying. Uh, It really freaked me out. And, you know, I never told Brooke's mom until, you know, one day she came up to me and Brooke and said, you know, I had this really vivid nightmare. And she explained Everything that my mom told me about what happened in the house with the mother-in-law killing her daughter-in-law and her grandkids. And I mean, she said it to a T the way my mom explained how it happened. And, you know, she, I never told her about it. My mom never told her about it. No, she, she didn't know the story. It was, it was like, I don't, I don't know. She saw it in a dream though. It was just freaky and it freaked me out. But I have a lot more paranormal stories. Um, I'll call in the future and, uh, I hope I get to hear this online. Sorry if I suck that tone of my story, but uh, I love what you guys do again, and uh, y'all take care. Thank you for the call and sharing your story with us. Very interesting story, very interesting dynamic at play there. Um, but I, I could see just the energy itself, just, you know, if there was some, some sort of animosity between the two, still you know, being at flow, especially if there's a, you know, we've wanted, there's a ghost involved. I think there was something dark there to begin with, you know. Kind of driving it and, and amping it up a bit. Right. And I think it may still be there. Yeah, I, I could see that being the case. Hey, if you want to uh, keep the show on the air, please support us. Give us a call uh, at 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Or, even better yet, become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. You get a bonus episode of the show sent to you every single week and have access to our complete archive of past EPP episodes and some video in there as well. Only five bucks a month. Your support, of course, keeps our show afloat. So please consider doing that on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>